Denver Broncos drop week two of the NFL preseason against the San Francisco 49ers. But how did Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, and the Broncos starters look in their limited action? Who stood out and much more? Well, you're going to get that on today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, our post-game report. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Denver Broncos dropped to 0-2 in the NFL preseason, but the Broncos offense had some pieces that they can build on ahead of the NFL regular season. We'll break down all the action on today's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. And a special shout out to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, analysis, post-game reaction, and more. You get that here every single day, all year long. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown today to get 10% off your first month. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, Sci expert, put on the orange.com. Sarah, unfortunately, 0-2 for the Broncos here in the preseason. And while Sean Payton has acknowledged and has said that he does not like losing, he was a little bit more cheery in the postgame press conference, saying that there were a lot of things that the team did well that he feels like they can build on here. And first off, I think we have to talk about it. How did Russell Wilson, Javante Williams, and the starters look in the limited action that they saw in Saturday's preseason game against the 49ers? And their starters, minus... Nick Bosa. That's right. Let's uh, start off by talking about the man of the hour, I guess, right? Javante Williams, who first game back since that ACL injury against the, well, I almost called him the Oakland Raiders. Cody, my goodness. Uh, it's, it's still fresh on the brain. The Las Vegas Raiders last year in October. So this was really, really encouraging, in my opinion. We talked about it on this show. What do we want to see from Javante? Well, We'd love to see him dragging the entire Baltimore Ravens defense like he did, you know, or the 49ers in this case, like he did once upon a time. We'd love to see him making angry runs. But really what we wanted to see from Javante was just being himself out there, being able to to go out and do everything right from catching passes to carrying the rock to pass protection. I feel like we saw him do a little bit of everything. And, and it looked like the goal was get him involved as much as possible, as quickly as possible. So Sean Payton clearly just ripping off that Band-Aid, not messing around, not saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to run like a scripted offense here for the this first drive. No, the first drive was all about Javante Williams. Javante Williams, get him involved, let him get hit, let him go out there and do his thing. And I thought he looked really good, Cody, especially after he dropped that screen. That screen pass, by the way, he might have still been running if he had caught it. It was really well designed, in my opinion, but did drop that pass. But I thought he looked really good overall in his return to the field. Well, and, and the very next play, Russell Wilson goes right back to him, right? Kind of uses his mobility to escape some pressure, throws it to Javante for a 12-yard catch. You know, he finished the game with seven total touches, whether it's, you know, through the air reception-wise or on the ground rushing-wise. It was good to see him go and make some plays there. And look, he took a couple of hard shots like Fred Warner and uh, Hufanga are, are heat-seeking missiles the way that they play on the defensive side of the ball. I, I felt like it was a good test, right? And, and look, I think... 
I wonder if the conversation would be different, right? If if the Broncos' first team offense was facing the second team defense for San Francisco, if people said, "Well, you know, it's against these guys," I, I think for them to do a little bit of that against the starting defense there, minus as we said, Nick Bosa, obviously he's a tremendous difference maker for them. I felt like I came away thoroughly impressed. It was a 13-play drive, took over five and a half minutes off the clock there, unfortunately. Didn't end in a touchdown, but it ended in the Broncos kicking a 48-yard field goal. Brett Maher coming in collection. I thought, to be honest with you, we saw some really nice play designs. Russell Wilson using his legs, his mobility on out-of-structure plays, but also on some design runs. Unfortunately, you know what was it? He finished, I think, with three total carries for 25 yards. He had one carry that was called back. It was, I think it was a 16-yard rushing play and a design keeper. Unfortunately, got called back due to holding, which Broncos had too many penalties, and a majority of them came from the wide receiver position in Saturday's loss here. But for the most part, I thought Russell Wilson looked good from a passing standpoint. I thought he looked good from a mobility and a rushing standpoint. I thought the offensive line gave him better protection in the small sample size that we saw because, hey, Russ had the 13 plays. Sean Payton yanked him after that and said, you know, we've seen enough there. What were your thoughts on that? Did you want to see him play a little bit more? Or did you feel like he was, from what you saw, okay, that was good enough? Because for me, I, I feel like that was good enough for what we saw from Russ and the offense here in that first series. I mean, I was kind of excited about it, to be honest with you, Cody, because it validates what we've been talking about on this show, which is what you've been seeing out at practices that Russell Wilson has been having a really good training camp these last couple of weeks. And I think what happens in practice is so much more important to this coaching staff than or any coaching staff across the league, right? I mean, of course, you want to see guys play well in game situations, but you put a lot of stock into the way they execute stuff during practice as well. So for Russ, you got a good couple of weeks of practice in. You've, you've really been kind of stacking days on top of each other. You go out and what did we talk about on this show, Cody, before the game? We said we want to see the offense do much better than they did to open against the Cardinals, right? When they went three and out and then they kind of struggled. I felt like the offense put together a pretty nice drive, despite the fact that they were trying to get the ball to a specific guy, especially early on. So I think Russell coming out after that first drive, I was surprised by it, but not upset by any means, because, of course, you want these guys to stay healthy. He was using his legs a lot on that drive. And I, I love to see that he's got that confidence back, Cody. I mean, Russ, we're not, we can't sit here and say Russ is cooking yet because it's not regular season and those types of things, but it it's the Russ that we know, right? The Russ that can, Hey, he drops back a straight drop back and he takes a look at his first or second receiver. And then he just takes off, man. And he did that with such confidence and he didn't do it in terms of like, man, I just, I, I don't feel like I can fire like he just was so confident stepping up and beating the defenders with his speed now that, I, man, you love to see it. So it just validates, I think, everything that's been reported by you and others out of training camp. The the confidence that Sean Payton has conveyed in, in various press conferences and interviews in Russell Wilson, it's not misplaced. I think we saw that in this game by the fact that he was taken out after one drive. When he looked, he looked fast, like he looked faster than he did last year, which is a good sign. And I would say overall for like Broncos country, the vibes I got and the responses I got, they said, you know what? The Broncos first team offense 
even though they had 13 plays there, it looked competent, right? Which is, I think, a step in the right direction in comparison to last year. Now, quickly, let's highlight the Broncos' starting defense. Jonathan Cooper got the start for Frank Clark here, opposite of Randy Gregory in this game. Obviously, Patrick Sertan and the guys played no Justin Simmons, so it was Caden Stearns and Kareem Jackson getting the start at the safety position here for Denver. The defense, first drive, not not great, right? Not a great start, Bob, because uh, you know, some big chunk plays, explosive plays there. Debo Samuel getting involved. Brandon IU catching a play. Brock Purdy was slinging it. He looked pretty good. San Francisco got a nice little player there. But obviously the Broncos defense, they got challenged all the way to the one-yard line. Jonathan Cooper comes up big with a sack on Brock Purdy, backs them up a little bit. Defense holds the ground, forces San Francisco to settle for a field goal. You love to see that there. Uh, really a bend-but-don't-break approach here. And I wanted to highlight something here by saying because – on that drive, trust me, I'm a defensive guy. I was getting frustrated. Too. I was like, God, you know, that's just too many yardage allowed there. The defense, what we saw scheme-wise, and I'll tell you this from what I've observed in practice, what we saw in the preseason, once again, they're playing vanilla. They're playing too far off. They're playing a lot of cushion here in the preseason. I don't think they want to show a lot of their defensive scheme looks that they're going to bring out because the, the Raiders are obviously now starting to watch a lot more tape on them. They're going to watch this game, and they're going to try to keep an eye on maybe what Denver's doing to maybe get a little bit of an early advantage in game prep on them because that game's coming up here in about three weeks. So uh, some vanilla stuff there. I did like some of the pressure stunts that we did see from Vance Joseph a little bit later that led to Randy Gregory coming up with a sack. And once again, just a great play by Jonathan Cooper and the defense here once again. Cooper forced Sam Darnold right into Randy Gregory. I thought that the overall starting defense played pretty solid, minus giving up some of those chunk plays. They adjusted on the second series. And obviously, we'll talk about some players who stood out as well when we get a little bit deeper in today's postgame report. Unfortunately, the Broncos dropped to 0-2 in the preseason, losing on a last-second field goal after the third-string defense gave up too many big plays late in the fourth quarter. But Broncos country, who are some players that stood out on offense in this game in particular? Well, Sarah Bettinger and myself, we're going to highlight that on today's episode Lockdown Broncos, our post-game report. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. I've used BetterHelp in the past previously, and I benefited from it because I was able to match with a therapist that I vibe really well with from the onset. But if you don't vibe with the therapist you get matched to, you can change therapists at any time at no cost to you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule based on when you need it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with the licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge if the vibes don't mesh well. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Who stood out in this game for the Denver Broncos offensively? We're going to talk about maybe uh, the undrafted steal of the year for the Denver Broncos really showing out and maybe solidifying his role on this team. But before we do, got to say a huge shout out, mile high salute to every single one of you everyday listeners of Locked On Broncos. You know you can find us wherever and however you listen to podcasts free and available on all platforms, as well as you can watch us on YouTube. Cody and I love getting to do post game with you on YouTube. Love seeing all the comments roll in and your reactions to the game. So 
you, the listener of the show, the viewers of the show, you participate in the show along with us. And we love getting to do that with you and just sharing in this experience, right? The Broncos in the preseason, it's so exciting. Every every player on the roster, one through 90, evaluating performance, talking about guys who are surprising, maybe some guys who you know, aren't showing so well, right? And we need them to step up. But look, every single angle of this team, we're going to cover on the show and we can't thank you enough for participating in that with us. So huge shout out to every single one of you. And Cody, we got to talk about, I said Javante Williams is the man of the hour before, but maybe <laughs> I said it's, and maybe I spoke a little too quickly. It may be Jaleel McLaughlin, right? The, the rookie free agent who has come out and just absolutely done a tremendous job in training camp. The, the two preseason games, I mean, Jaleel has been outstanding. What was your takeaway from him for this game? I, I mean, I know as a Broncos country is very excited about this guy. What did you see from him? Was it more of the same of what you've been seeing in practice? Everything that we saw in practice and a little bit more sprinkled into that mix there. And, and look, this is what I've wanted Broncos fans to see that haven't been able to attend practice. Like we just watched this guy and he's just breaking off big run. After big run, not only is he contributing in the, the rushing game, but he's in the receiving game, the special team side of things. I mean, for example, I mean, he opened things up a little bit for the Broncos offense with a 46 yard kick return there. And then Tony Jones Jr. after that springs off a 43 yard run down the right side. Uh, you'd look at Jaleel and, and look, obviously, I think Tony Jones Jr. had a great run there. But right after that, you could just tell. Tony Jones Jr. doesn't have the explosiveness that Jaleel McLaughlin does. I mean, what was it? The Broncos had a penalty that backed him up. I think it was first and 20 in their own kind of shadow of their own goal line a little bit. Jaleel has like a 16-yard run on first and 20. And it's like, okay, hey, this guy can run. I mean, he's shifty and he finished the game overall. I think seven carries on the ground for 45 yards, a rushing touchdown there. Really set up after that Tony Jones Jr. run. But he also had a, a catch out of the backfield that he took nine yards for a touchdown. Two touchdowns on the evening for Jaleel, but just Sarah, he looks every bit of the part. Like you look at when he's on the field, there's just something different about him. And what is it? It's his speed. You see his ball carrier vision. These are things we've been harping home here on this podcast from training camp, from OTAs and mini camp a little bit back in the spring. And he's doing it in games. And I'm in agreement with my man, Ryan Harris on the nine news broadcast. I, I thought to myself, okay, after this game, there's no way you can let Jaleel McLaughlin hit waivers. Like if you want, as you go through roster cuts, which next week that'll approach after they play the LA Rams, there's no way Jaleel's going to make it through waivers. I think before being picked up by another team, I think at this point, I mean, not to say that it's a guarantee, but I feel like he has to be a roster lock at this point. And look, not only did he have a good game in terms of the rushing department, I thought Samaj P Ryan, he had three carries finished the game with 22 yards, also had a good showing in the rushing department. I think between Javante, Samaje Pirine, and a change of pace guy like Jaloo McLaughlin, Denver's got some weapons at the running back position here, Sarah, that really excite me and should excite Broncos country as well. They should, and these guys can do a lot of different things for you, as we're seeing, right? Javante, his catch early in the game on the outside, he I thought it was a wide receiver. I was like, oh, was that 83? Was that Marvin Mims' first catch? No, it was 33. He looked like a wide receiver out there, and Samaje Ryan, we know he can catch passes. He can pass protect. He can do all these things, and Jaleel McLaughlin, like you said, Cody, contributing as a kick returner, a receiver, a runner, he really did everything, and I just I think with everything that Sean Payton has said this offseason about, you know, the the story that he's told a couple times now about Pierre Thomas and discovering him like 
I think Sean Payton takes a great deal of pride in finding guys like this. And really, uh, it's it's a testament to the coaching staff. It's a testament to the scouting department. It's a testament to the Broncos for getting this guy and pitching him on coming in. It's just he's going to play a role, man. I really feel it. I feel like he is. He's going to play a significant role for this team. And what does that mean for Tyler Beatty, who had kind of been early on the odds on favorite to be running back three, right? Well, he didn't play in this game, obviously, with an injury. I don't know exactly what that means for him. He could come out, Cody, in this third preseason game and go off for 100 plus yards rushing. And we're all like, okay, well, what now? Do they keep four running backs? So, I think for now, Jalil McLaughlin has done enough, like you said, that the Broncos, if they try to sneak him through waivers, I mean, if nothing else, the 49ers would be dumb to pass on him right after what he just did to the 49ers. Him and Christian McCaffrey, oh my. Can you imagine? (laughs) My goodness, man. So I I don't see any way you sneak him through. I I think the the bigger conversation is what number is he going to change to? Because I think 38, that's kind of what he was just, somebody just threw him a 38 jersey, didn't even have the right name on it. Now, what number is he going to get now that he's, you know, going to be out there? I think 23 could be, that could be nice right there. So he wasn't the only standout on offense though, Cody. I mean, he was the biggest standout in my opinion, but you mentioned Tony Jones run. Although I thought, man, I was like, dang, Jaleel McLaughlin probably would have taken that one to the house. Tony was running with, he, he, he didn't have quite the giddy up in his step, but still a good run. Who else do you think stood out though in this game offensively? For the Broncos, the backs very good. Anybody else? Yeah, real. I mean, before we get to this next player, I do want to say that the Broncos' first team offense before they came out, they had 66 yards on the ground to start through a quarter and a half, and even Michael Burton getting involved on two carries, seven yards. I love fullback handoffs, and he has a good cut back inside, moving the chains for a first down here. Love to see that. Uh, you know, we talk about maybe some other guys. I. Jarrett Stidham had a much better game this week than he did last week. Some things here that we'll obviously talk about. I feel like we got to dive deeper into some of the things that concern us on tomorrow's episode of the show. I feel like we can't lose out on the momentum of talking about like, hey, these are the guys that stood out here in the preseason. Wins and losses don't necessarily matter. Like the score doesn't matter, but the evaluation does. We'll highlight the good and we'll obviously highlight the concerns on tomorrow's episode of the show. Jalen Virgil, man, and one play in this game and the one play – catch 50 yards downfield, great move, great route by him, suffers an injury on the play, and unfortunately the refs don't stop the clock there because of it, and Denver goes to spike the ball. I felt like they still spiked it with one second left, and Sean Payton was in the official's ears about it, but I thought Jalen Virgil, a guy we talked about as a player to watch, one catch 50 yards downfield, tremendous play there, unfortunately carted off with an injury. Yeah, that was Cody. I hate to see that Jalen Jalen Virgil is one of those guys that we've been talking about more and more these last this last week to 10 days as somebody who showed well in that first preseason game been getting a bit more involved in training camp getting involved with the first team offense and then to see this happen like when are the Broncos going to catch a break at wide receiver right I mean my goodness Tim Patrick goes down and then Brandon Johnson steps up in his place Brandon Johnson goes down, and and I know he's only going to be out for a couple weeks, hopefully, but still suffers an injury, derails momentum. Jalen Virgil builds momentum, then carted to the locker room before halftime with with a knee injury. Like, I mean, my goodness, it's just it, it's KJ Hamler obviously had to be waved injured after pectoral he injury. Heart back soon now. 
That's what I'm saying, Cody. We we're gonna. I think we're gonna see that happen, and I think the Broncos desperately need it. They'll be scouring, in my opinion, the waiver wire for wide receiver help, and it, it's just because the bodies are 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 falling all over the place, and it's terrible to see because Dylan Virgil, though, fifty yard catch and run right before the half, it was tremendous play. So just feel terrible for him and these other guys that are getting hurt. And unfortunately that is one of the biggest storylines to come from this game. And it really muddies the water in my opinion, at wide receiver for this team. And we'll dive deep into that. Cause there are some current concerns that we have about wide receiver, about some other positions that we'll dive deep in tomorrow's episode of locked on Broncos for all you everyday listeners, Monday show. That's exactly what you're going to get. We're going to talk about some defensive players though, who stood out in Saturday's loss to the San Francisco 49ers Broncos country you can expect that on today's episode locked on Broncos this episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there FanDuel Sportsbook football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season so some teams with some high prediction percentages in terms of wins the Kansas City Chiefs the San Francisco 49ers if you bet on either of those teams to win the Super Bowl every time they win in the regular season you get a bonus bet you get a bonus bet you get a bonus bet everybody gets bonus bets with FanDuel Sportsbook just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory they also have things that you can use your bonus bets on like spreads player props, over-unders, and more. For the Broncos, their win total this year, according to FanDuel Sportsbook, is set at eight and a half. You taking the over or are you taking the under? Do you feel like they're going to make claim inside the AFC despite being having the 12th best odds to win the AFC this upcoming year? Russell Wilson, Sean Payton now manning the helm. Could they turn things around? After the performance on Saturday, there's some things the Broncos offense can do that gives us belief they'll be better this upcoming season. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Check it out today. Who are some players on the defensive side of the ball that stood out in the Denver Broncos loss in week two of the NFL preseason against the San Francisco 49ers? Several players made a strong case to make the roster while some other players struggle. We'll dive deep into that on Monday's episode of the show. We'll highlight the performance players on today's post-game report here. But real quick, just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country. Thanks for taking time out of your day or your evening to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or to watch us on YouTube. If you're watching there, make sure you like the video, comment for the algorithm, engage with other members in Broncos country. Sarah, on the defensive side of the ball, we talked about early on in the, the first team defense a little bit of a bend, not break. They gave up some yardage there, but obviously held the 49ers to limited points there. Debo Samuel only had two catches on the evening and limited action there. And I, I think overall, the defense, I, I felt like played pretty well for the most part. Now, I think a lot of that, people are going to hear me say that, and they're like, what are you talking about? The third-team defense, I feel like, is a reason to wash away the comment and the compliment that I just gave the Broncos defense. It was weird to me because the first team defense and the second team defense, I thought they played pretty well. But when the third team defense came in, it just seemed like the pass rush wasn't getting home. The linebackers weren't good enough in space in terms of coverage. And guys in the secondary were playing far too off, giving too much cushion and not breaking on in routes or the safeties weren't coming up, being in position there. Too many big plays allowed, unfortunately, led to a, the negative outcome of the Broncos losing their second preseason game. But for the most part, the first team defense, second team defense, had guys that stood out. And I'd say, hey, first off, Sarah, let's talk about the pass rush. 
Let's talk about it. Jonathan Cooper, once again, I think as many times as we can talk about him, it's for the better. <laughs> he started over Frank Clark. And I mean, some post game comments from Frank Clark asking, being asked, when's the last time you played into the fourth quarter of a preseason game? And he's like, I don't know. It's been a long time. And when asked why he played that late, he's like, you'll have to ask our coaches that question. So, little bit of uh, friction there potentially with Frank Clark. I don't know what the situation is, Cody. Maybe you maybe you've seen something out at practice, but Jonathan Cooper got the start over him and Clark was playing deep into the fourth quarter of this game and I think that's why what you mentioned about the pass rush is particularly interesting and not necessarily in a good way because Randy Gregory and Frank Clark were playing deep into this game and you expect those guys to be your two top guys at the position when they're not getting home as edge brushers. That's really concerning to me at that point in the game, even though, you know, whatever the 49ers are doing to counteract your edge pressure, it's, it's all relative, right? But at the same time, you expect those guys to be pretty much wrecking that, level of offensive line play and I don't necessarily see that I guess maybe we'll have to rewatch the game and find out but kind of a, a bit of a concern there from two of your top guys the fact that they were playing deep in this game I, I would say I'm probably not as much concerned about Randy Gregory as I am maybe a little bit with Frank Clark I, Randy Gregory as he finished the game with a sack I thought early on I feel like he and Jonathan Cooper actually mesh really well together and I, I think there's Something we could dive deeper into this week here on the show, I think, as, as things go on. But I think we could see a real situation where Frank Clark comes off the bench, is in a rotation role with Nick Benito, and you have Jonathan Cooper who gets the star here because of, I think, the longer projected value to the team. Clark's obviously on a one-year deal, veteran guy. Cooper is an ascending guy. I feel like can become a star here in the NFL as a pass rusher there. Um, we talk about those guys there. I think that overall their pressure rate – Combined with Zach Allen, I thought the defense in the second quarter did a pretty good job here. I want to kind of shift gears here a little bit, though, because, look, we saw Nick Benito do some things really well. I even thought Christopher Allen had some good sample size. Like he, There's still some, I think, pass rush moves he can work on. He was solid, but Denver just didn't get enough from Marcus Haynes or Thomas Incum in this game either here for the Broncos defense. But can we talk about Elijah Garcia here two weeks in a row, two big plays? Now, obviously, last week, two two sacks overall this week an interception off of a tip pass. And hey, going back and watching replay, highly athletic play. He stood out. He's making a strong claim. And then we'll get into some defensive backs afterward. Right. I love Elijah Garcia and his ascent here lately, Cody. I mean, obviously he's a big dude at 6'5", 300 pounds. He showed off the length diving for that ball. What's up with the bro? There's something in the water there for the D line. You got the best hands in the league, Shelby Harris. And then he passed the torch to Deshaun Williams, who had some ridiculous interceptions. And now maybe Elijah Garcia is that guy, Cody, to carry on the tradition of defensive linemen with great hands out there. I guess we'll, we'll find out what happens when the roster finally comes out. But I was impressed by him. I was impressed by Drew Sanders, Cody, really the rookie out of Arkansas making a big impact. I've noticed in the comment section, a lot of times people are asking how, how's he looking in practice? How's he looked you yeah. know, in the games and things like that? People want to know about Drew Sanders and rightfully so, because this guy, he made plays. I was p making a point to watch for number 41 in this game, Cody. He made plays on special teams. He made plays in coverage. He was rushing the quarterback. He was all over the place and he was playing instinctively. He almost had an interception out there on a ball that was thrown right, basically yeah. right at him, but he broke on it pretty nicely. He actually broke on it too good. He overran where the ball was going. Uh -huh. So 
I, I thought just great stuff from Drew Sanders in this game. He looks primed to have some type of role in the regular season. And we know Vance Joseph, he said they've got some stuff planned for him in the fall that we're not seeing right now. We had a team high six tackles in the Broncos loss on Saturday to the 49ers. He's a guy that just flies to wherever the football is. He's going to get gradually better as time goes on. Shifting to defensive backs now who stood out. He's saying Bassey two weeks in a row. He's come away with an interception. He finished the game with two tackles against the 49ers. But his interception came with him playing safety. As we had talked about, Sarah, he's been getting some reps on the back end there, especially with some of the injuries at the position. Bassey right here is proving he's going to be a roster lock Special teams versatility, being able to play safety, playing in the nickel, starting there for K1 Williams in this game. Some other guys, Damari Mathis, I thought had a pretty terrific game in terms of having a pass breakup, being really good in terms of fitting in and coverage. He also had a forced fumble. Unfortunately, Denver did not recover there. So love to see that from the second-year cornerback. Got to give a special shout-out here to Fabian Moreau. Uh, obviously, as the Broncos' third-string defense struggled, didn't see him in getting any corner reps during this game, which was a little odd to I me, mean, unless he came in the second with the second team defense. I have to go back and watch there. But for me, it's you look at a guy like Tremont Smith, who's just unfortunately not having a very good showing at cornerback here in preseason, getting burnt on some big plays. You look at Fabian Murrow going on special teams and making big plays, coming out and, and getting a fumble recovery that gave the Broncos a chance to have Jalou McLaughlin rush it in for his second touchdown of the preseason. To me, that's what makes an NFL roster. That's what Sean Payton has said. When these guys go out there and make these types of plays, it makes it easier for us to make those decisions. Right now, Fabian Moreau is an under-the-radar guy, in my opinion, behind look guys like a saying Bassey, Jaquan McMillan, who I believe are already roster locks, but I think he could be that next guy to make the roster a cornerback. And if not, probably a practice squad guy that you can bring up as well that could clear waivers. Overall, look, I, Sean Payton said it after the game. Obviously, you don't like the loss, but he felt very pleased with the progress the team has made in several areas. He wanted to see it. Still some things to clean up, but Sarah, you know what? That's why we need to dive deeper into this subject matter on tomorrow's or Monday's episode of Locked on Broncos, wherever you get your podcasts are available for free on YouTube. We're going to talk about our concerns with the wide receiver depth, players who aren't stepping up, players who are not playing well. We'll highlight some of the other issues, and you'll get that on tomorrow's brand new episode Locked on Broncos. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for rocking with us on our post-game report. We'll see you then.